We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hey everyone, this is Kelsey Jones, Executive Editor of Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Chris Ducker. He is the founder of Upreneur.com. It's a new online mastermind community, and he's also really well known for um, founding VirtualStaffFinder.com, which is a really cool site that connects uh, people overseas, especially in the Philippines, with U.S. businesses um, and all over, businesses all over to find staff. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I know we have a 13-hour time difference between us right now. <laughs> I think it, I, I did I did interview Jeff Bolas, and he's in Australia, so I think he that is. was more. Yes, he's, uh, if he's, yeah, he's probably Sydney, so that's a couple of, couple of more hours uh, ahead of us here, yeah. Okay, so you're my second farthest person that's living in the future right now. Yes, I often say that, and I never get tired of it. I'm coming to you from the future. It never gets boring saying it's that. No, it, it doesn't get any less funny, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to have you on because I really like your story and um, you know what you have to say about becoming a virtual SEO. So I know in 2010, you say on your site that you had the goal to become a virtual SEO, and I mean, it's five years later, and you've achieved it and you're actually teaching people how to do the same. And so I thought it'd be kind of interesting for our audience who hasn't heard, you know, about you, which is hard to believe, but if they haven't, um, just kind of learn a little bit more about your background and how you came to kind of be a spokesperson for the virtual lifestyle and how it appealed to you. Yeah, well, you know, what? the funny thing is, is I, I wasn't even active online until January 2010. So this is, you know, yes, we're five and a half years in, but I mean, it's, it's not a lot compared to some guys that have been online for over a decade. I mean, you look at guys like, you know, Chris Brogan and Brian Clark and those guys. So, I mean, I, I'm very much a brick and mortar business owner, very old school. I'm from London, so we, you can't get any more kind of snobby and stuck up than us British. Um, <laughs> and and so, you know, very old school, very st- stuck in my way, so to speak. And what happened was in late 2009, I burnt out. I had been building my business. Uh, and at that point, we'd been going for about three and a half years. I had about 130 staff working for me. And I hit a brick wall at the end of 2009. I, my body gave, gave up mentally. I was tired. I was, I was doing 16-hour days, seven days a week. And I just burned out, plain and simple. Um, and that's inevitable for any entrepreneur if they're following that kind of yeah. lifestyle. So in 2010, I started blogging. And I started podcasting about my journey to become that virtual CEO. Uh, and it was the goal to become that virtual CEO by the end of 2010, which I achieved. But in the process of doing that, I'd also started to turn other entrepreneurs onto the idea of running their business virtually, not having to go into their facility every single day, uh, let alone to be there for 16 hours a day. Um, and, you know, truly live a more freedom based lifestyle. And so that's what I do now. And that's what I teach other people to do, whether it's 
working with virtual staff or whether it's, you know, smart growth principles or whether it's, uh, you know, more profitability for your businesses. That's what I do. So I now help people grow businesses um, that they can basically run from anywhere in the world. And that fact should not hinder their growth potential as an entrepreneur. Um, and that's what I'm focusing on right now. And that's what I love doing. I mean, it, it's changed my life. I now work Monday to Thursday. I don't work Fridays. I have a three-day weekend, which my family awesome. loves. Um, and it is awesome. And it's totally, totally doable for anybody to do that. Um, and Monday to Thursday, I only work about seven hours a day. So I'm back to a very normal work day. Um, that word normal is probably not thrown around that much anymore. But that truly is the way I work now. And we've, we're almost at 400 staff. We're a multi-seven-figure annual business. Wow. And I, I'm working way, way less than I ever thought I would do uh, as, a, as a business owner. And it's all come down to that virtual kind of lifestyle-based mindset. Yeah, and that's so interesting to me. And that's something I've read a lot about. Um, I, you know, I have, so I'm executive editor of SCJ, and then I also have a business on the side that's a marketing agency. So I have some virtual staff on that side, and we help uh, smaller businesses with social media and writing and stuff. And, you know, one of the things that I think about a lot and how to kind of work through it is the natural, I don't know, confusion or hesitancy I see from other people. You know, they'll mm -hmm. say things like, well, you know, if, if, I, if I take the afternoon off, you know, because I worked four hours straight and got everything done for the day, sometimes people will make comments or they'll, you know, say, oh, well, that must be nice to do. Or they just think that this type of lifestyle isn't, couldn't be done for everyone. And so I appreciate mm -hmm. you saying that it is possible for anyone because I agree with you. It's more than possible. You know, there are, there are people doing this all around the world right now. I am not the only one doing it. Mm -hmm. And more and more and more people will begin leaving, uh, leading that more freedom-based lifestyle. It's not lazy. It's just smart. You know, I, I spoke with a client of mine, a coaching client of mine about two months ago. It was our last session together. And he said to me, you, you have you freed up more time in my business day than I ever thought possible, Chris. Wow. Like, I, I am now to the point where I f I'm, f I'm starting to feel guilty. Like <laughs> I, could, I could have, I, you know, I've got more time to do more things. And when I decide to do exactly that, take the afternoon off or to take a long weekend with the wife or whatever it is, you know, I'm now starting to feel guilty. Man, I could be, a, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. And I see, you've got to stop feeling like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've worked, you've put all these processes in place, you've streamlined everything that you could, you've hired the people you needed to, to free up that time. Don't think that because you've got all this extra time, you've got to start working on all these different projects and all the rest of it. Just enjoy it for a while. And when the right project comes along, then you can work on it. But don't feel guilty about having an afternoon off for Christ's sake. I mean, you're your own <laughs> boss. You should be doing that sort of stuff, you know? Exactly. I agree with you. I think guilt, you know, plays a big part for a lot of people when it comes to deciding to work a flexible schedule. And I, I think that you just have to realize, you know, what are you working for? You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're working to support your family, but, you know, to me, family is the most important thing over anything. And so it's kind of important for people to figure out what their priorities are. Yep. Agreed. hundred percent. I think, too, another thing I was going to say is, you know, there's the principle that people 
work to fill the time allotted. So I remember when I worked in an office, you know, a regular job, eight to five or whatever, you know, there were certain Fridays I wouldn't, I'd barely do anything. I, but I'd just be at work because I had to be there. And I, I think about that now, you know, I'm so driven every day to get my work done in a, you know, a set, a a decent amount of time at my peak efficiency. So I have free time to work on other things. But I think people who are stuck in that traditional mindset, they just fill their schedules with more work or take longer to do work because they are supposed to. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it really comes down to, you know, really deciding what you want to spend that time on. And I think a lot of people, you know, I think it comes back to the guilt factor a lot of the time where people feel like, uh, you know, they should be spending more time on quote unquote work. Um, I disagree. I think when you've got done what you needed to get done for that day, um, then you should take it easy and relax. Uh, You know, society has led us to believe that working, you know, 60 now there's a day is the definition of success. I call a huge amount of BS on that um, <laughs> completely. And, and I think, you know, the definition of success is, is doing what you need to do in a way that's going to positively affect the people that you work with and the people that you do it for uh, and then enjoy the rest of your time. I mean, my, our, our company-wide motto is if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. And so we, we put everything on our schedule, 15 minutes for Twitter on the schedule. Nice, 30 yeah. minutes for email on the schedule, 20 minutes for blog, you know, masterminding on the schedule. Everything goes on the schedule. So it looks like I'm re- like if I look at my calendar, it looks like I'm really, really busy. But ultimately, what I'm really doing is just getting it done. Uh, but once it's done, it's done. If, if my calendar is blank from 2 p.m. onwards, I genuinely do nothing like I'll go and watch a movie in the middle of the afternoon or something like that so I, I think it really comes down to a, to a mindset shift and a lot of people have str- have struggles with that um, and uh, you know that's one of the things that I enjoy helping entrepreneurs with is, is making that shift yeah realizing that you deserve to have downtime exactly exactly so, one thing that really helped me um, have more free time and you know, create the schedule I want is outsourcing. And I know you cover that in your book that I covered for, um, for SCJ's book club. And yep. your book has a really long title, but <laughs> it's virtual freedom. <laughs> well, virtual uh, freedom is the title, okay. right? But the subtitle is, it's kind of long, you right. <laughs> yes. How to work with virtual staff to buy more time, become more productive and build your dream business. I mean, that's a, that's a killer subtitle. You That's know, why I had issues editing it down. I had problems. Like my my author was like, uh, my publisher rather was like, "Do you don't you feel like we should be editing?" You know, it's a little lost. <laughs> I can't. I can't cut it down anymore. I just can't. You know, it is what it is. Well, yeah. I mean, you read it and you say, "Yeah, yeah, I want to get more time and be more productive and build there my you business." Go. So it worked. But I really enjoyed it, and um, you know, it kind of that and four hour work week were the two books that helped me see that. You know, it's possible to build the kind of work lifestyle, I guess, that I want. But then also mm-hmm. your book was really useful for learning how to deal with, not deal with, but interact and hire um, employees overseas, especially in the Philippines. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, for people that are kind of considering outsourcing or they should outsource, but they don't even know what they could be outsourcing. What do you, what are some areas that you see people 
outsourcing or would be most useful for them to? Well, I think what, what you have to understand about working with people virtually is that it's actually no different in terms of the day-to-day running of your business. It doesn't have to be any different to what it would be if you had somebody physically in your office. So get get that misconception out of your head completely. Um, the only real difference is that you know your water cooler now becomes Skype or mm-hmm. Slack or something like that. It, it's it really is honestly that simple. And if you take that on in, in the, into, you know, kind of into mine and into place, it, it really becomes a lot easier to make the adjustment from what, you know, working more physically with people to uh, more virtually. And this is the way the world is going. I mean, this is the way that the mm-hmm. world is going. There's yeah. no doubt about it. The other thing with, with looking at hiring virtual staff is that you truly do. I mean, you know, we talk about this global economy that we're all living in today. It's never been any clearer and any easy to understand than when it is when you're looking at hiring people. Think about it. You're not kind of locked into one geographical area where you need somebody within a certain, you know, mileage around your office, right, to come into the office every day. When you hire people virtually, they can be anywhere in the world. And that means that you can get the absolute best person out there possible for that role, for that project, whatever the case may be. And so, you know, when we talk about online business, I mean, you know, the one role that I believe every online entrepreneur should have in place is that general VA or the GVA that I talk about. And that's somebody that can, you know, handle all of your online research and managing your calendar and managing your email and your social media and, you know, getting your blog posts ready and WordPress and doing all that sort of stuff. Stuff that for you has just become part of your day. But it's also as a business owner, it sucks so much of your time (laughs) away from you. And time is our most valuable commodity. You know, we've got to invest it as wisely as we possibly can. And so if we can have somebody else come on staff to handle all those things, I mean, what happens when you get 15 extra hours a week, 20 extra hours a week? What can be done in your business with 20 extra hours a week. That's the average that I have seen from entrepreneurs that work with GVAs. They free up 20 hours, between 15 to 20 hours, every single week. What can get done? Just imagine what would be possible. So, you know, there's so much more that you can be doing. And that really is is the biggest benefit of hiring, period. Not just VAs, but period, is you fundamentally are buying more time for you and your business. Yeah, I think as you grow, it's nat- especially if you're growing your own business, it's natural to want to try to do it all because in the beginning, it's mostly just you doing it. So you just kind of sure. get in this mindset of doing it. And so something that's helped me, I don't know who first came up with the idea, but somebody told me once that if you look at your to-do list, you just need to pick the three things you need to get done that day. Right. That, no, don't worry about anything else. And when you look at it from that mindset, it's crazy how much other stuff just falls away and either isn't important or could be delegated to, you know, an employee or a colleague. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much more, you know, whether you're using that simple sort of uh, technique or it's the Pomodoro technique where you're working for a certain period of time and then you're taking a break and then working again. So it doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. As long as you're following some kind of productivity um, you know, strategy on a day-to-day basis. But yeah, I mean, you know, freeing up all that additional time cannot be bad for your business and your customers and your overall profitability as, a, as an entrepreneur. Yeah, when you have that free time, you can work on stuff that excites you and, 
you know, our bigger projects that's going to help you hopefully become even more successful and continue to grow. Right. Well, that's it, you see, because once you get rid of all the stuff that you don't like doing or that you're struggling with or whatever it is, it becomes fun again. You know, you exactly. end up running your business again instead of your business running you. And so, you know, it, everything becomes fun, you know, all those projects. And, and you should be as the business owner, you should be focusing on those higher level tasks. You should be strategizing for growth or coming up with new product or service ideas to further, you know, service your clients and all this sort of type of stuff. And that's what you should be doing. You shouldn't be checking bloody Facebook messages. <laughs> You're like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? On Facebook. It amazes me. I spend, I, I'm telling you now, God's honest truth. I spend no more than probably 10 minutes a day on Facebook. I hate the platform because it's a massive time suck. It's it like is. bloody YouTube. You know, you can go to YouTube to watch a Gary Vaynerchuk video. And before you know it's happening, you're 45 minutes yeah. knee deep in bloody cat videos. It's ridiculous. It's right? a slippery it's, slope. It is. It's a slippery slope. You're absolutely right. I remember one time I was researching some spider that was in our house. And then an hour later, I was looking up snake venom cures or something. It was just the related <laughs> the related video. I'm like, oh, that's so I interesting. I have to watch this. And it just, yes. I know. I, I need to get better about Facebook. I found myself getting in this loop. Uh, so I'll check Facebook and I'll think, what am I doing? And I'll get out of it. And then just out of right. habit, a minute later, I found myself opening it again. And so I'm trying to be more conscious of that and trying to avoid, you know, a lot of times I think if I'm getting on Facebook a lot that day, am I procrastinating something? Right, right, Is there right. something well, I keep putting off that I'm avoiding? There are certain things that I did, particularly with social in general, um, but Facebook particularly, I removed the app from my phone. So that that right there was a massive game changer yeah. as well as the – and, and the other thing, the big thing for me was that I just said, you know what? I got email and I got Twitter. Everybody knows that they can contact me via email and Twitter. They're my two mm -hmm. ports of call for the people that want to do business with me. I am not using Facebook Messenger. I'm just not going to use it. And so at any one time, my VA once a week will go in and she'll look through my, my messages. I get about 100 Facebook messages a week. Wow. And oh my gosh. I, I, yeah, and she'll go through them to see if there's any genuine business inquiries and things like that in there. Uh, the rest of the time, it's usually just people saying, hey, I enjoy your latest podcast or, hey, I saw you on stage at this event. You were great. Or, you know, it's compliments mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Now, she doesn't reply to them. I don't reply to them because I make it very clear on my Facebook cover image that I don't use Facebook messages, but people still send them. And so I think it's important to set a precedence there. And says, look, I'm a busy business owner. I do love interacting with my followers and my fans and stuff like that. But ultimately, there has to be a line drawn in the sand. And for me, everyone knows that email and Twitter is where I'm at. I don't need to be anywhere else. Yeah. You know, that's that's a really good point when you when you talk about kind of setting expectations. So for me, my email, I'm kind of in the process of trying to streamline my email and figure out how to make it better. But in my signature, I have a line that says something to the effect that um, it might take me 24 hours to get back to you just right. because I handle the editor inbox for Search Engine Journal. And because we have over a million unique page views per month, we get I get probably 10 to 20 emails a day from that. And so, you know, setting that expectation that when I respond to people, they know that it's going to be a while, that's really helped kind of the check-in email 
rates go down because I've, I used to have people, they'd send me an email and if I didn't reply, they'd send me another email in eight hours asking if I got it. And so I've kind of been trying to get better at setting expectations that, you know, it might take me until the next day to get back with you. Sure, exactly. And that's fine. And as long as you're setting those, those expectations, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you go 24 hours, even 48 hours without answering an email, nine times out of 10, it's not going to kill your business. So don't stress over it too much. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I read some book. I don't remember what it was, but they said if your inbox has, you know, if it's gotten way out of control, I mean, hundreds of emails, just delete them all. And if, yeah. it was, if it was super important, the people are going to contact you again. Now, me, I'm kind of a control freak, so I don't know if I could ever do that. But it kind of brings about well, the point. Yeah, I mean, that's what they call email bankruptcy, right? Where you just say, that's <laughs> it, I'm done. And you just cancel and you delete everything. Yeah. And uh, I've, that's one of, my biggest, one of my biggest tips to business owners that are in that, that overwhelm when it comes to email management. I mean, look, I'm not being funny, but if it's got to the point where you've got several hundred, if not thousand, and I've seen some cases of people having six, 7,000 emails in oh their inbox. Gosh. Seriously, I, I've been in the inboxes. Like I've seen oh. them myself. When, when you're at that point, or even just 500 emails, it, when, when you're at that point, let's face it, you've got a problem. Yeah. Like you, you are not staying on top of your email. So you need to put processes in place to make sure that you can manage that uh, as a mode of communication much better going forward. And then you need to literally delete every single one and start fresh with that processes and those strategies in place. Um, whether it's hiring somebody to manage it for you or whether it's you know filtering things out and maybe dumping one email address and using another one or whatever it is, uh, you've got to figure that out. You, you cannot get to the point where you've got several hundred, if not thousands of emails that are going unresponded to. Yeah, and even seeing that number when you log in, you know, of, if I have more than 100 emails in my inbox, it just kind of drags. I have to close my inbox. I'm trying to only look at my inbox a couple times a day because it's stressful just seeing the number go up. You know, 21, 78, 100, you know, it's, ugh. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. So I'm going to give you a tip right now that okay. will enable you to manage your inbox in less than one hour every day. Okay, this is like... God's honest, this is exactly how I manage my own personal email. Um, and I'm going to give you the tip, and the listeners can, can try this out as well. So I call it my three-click rule. Okay. All right? So when you open an email, you do one of three things. You, one of three clicks. You either A, archive it for later on, so it's just a reference-type email. That's click number one. Or two, click number two, you either reply to it or forward it. Okay, so that's the second mm -hmm. click. And then number three is to just plainly delete it. Simple as that, right? Three-click rule. The other, other side of the flip side of that coin is that you reply to every single email with less than three sentences. That's how I manage my email every day. And I can tell you right now, there isn't a day where I spend more than an hour in my inbox. There, there hasn't been for, a couple, for at least... Good gosh, three years now probably since I put that strategy in place. So three-click rule and three-sentence rule. You follow that and you'll be able to manage your email way easier. Yeah, that's a good tip. I think a bad habit I have is that I'll look at an email and I'll read it. And instead of yeah. doing one of your three clicks, I'll just mark it as new and right. I'll look, do something See, else. <laughs> of doing that? You are totally wasting your time. There's, I know. The, you're, we're, this is what I'm saying. We're certifiably <laughs> insane. Us business owners... <laughs> 
we all have major issues to deal with. And that's like, you open it, you read it, and then you close it and then go to the next one. I'm like, what are you it's doing? It's, it's like myself. walking in and out of a door <laughs> 10 times, like OCD or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, you, yeah, you got to try and get a handle on that. It'll kill you. I will. Okay, that's going to be my goal for this week is get my email in check. There you go. Three Good girl. Rule. Now we'll talk. Now okay. we'll talk. All right. Well, I think, you know, we're about reaching the end of our time. So um, before we go, is there any other tips or any other projects you want to leave our listeners with that you wanted to mention? No, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, what we've talked about here today is more sort of productivity based. Um, and, and that's fine. And, and, you know, that is one part of being a successful, you know, business owner in today's world. But I think one thing to leave people with is is when you're running a business, an online business particularly, as I know probably the very vast majority of your listeners are, mm-hmm. is to understand that, you know, there there has to come a time when you truly do switch off. Like it, it's important, I think, for not just for yourself physically, but also for yourself mentally. Like that mental bandwidth usage that we endure every day and almost force on ourselves sometimes particularly around product launches and things like that you do need time to recoup you do need time to relax and switch off and recharge the batteries Um, and I joked in virtual freedom where I you know I'm starting to talk about superhero syndrome and things like that and I I joked in the book and said something along the lines of um, you know you know you're suffering from superhero syndrome where the word recharge only applies to your cell phone (laughs) Um, and it but it's so true it's so so true so many entrepreneurs are ending their careers shorter because they're not taking care of themselves properly at the time when they really should be taking good care of themselves. And that's when they're building their business and when they're experiencing that success. So, you know, we don't need a special type of grit or a special type of mindset to to, to really become super successful online. What we really need is to, is to find that balance, I think, between going all out and chasing it down, as I always say, and then being able to switch things off and have a little fun. Uh, and I think it's important to strike that balance. So I'd leave everybody with that message. Don't, don't run yourself into the ground you know, 24-7. Relax and recharge from time to time. That's really good advice. Don't, you know, don't play into the hype that you have to work 24-7. Because- and it is hype. It is hype. Yep. You know, it, Gary Vaynerchuk can do it. I don't know how Gary does that. Um, and he's like, you know, if I'm working any less than 19 hours a day, then I'm not hustling and all this sort of stuff. And I respect Gary immensely. And he's, you know, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do not agree with working 19 hours a day. I think that's absolutely mental. There's no other word to describe it. Um, and it will catch up with him just like it does anyone else. But he can ride that way for as long as he wants. Yeah, he's kind of a unique ball of energy. Most <laughs> of us sure aren't like unique. that. You're right. <laughs> so I get it. I've I've seen him speak at uh, South by Southwest, and so yeah. I get it. Yeah. I've well, I've I've spent time with Gary, you know, personally, one on one, and I, I he's that kind of person, and mm-hmm. he's never going to change for anybody. Doesn't matter what I say, you say, or anyone else. Gary's going to be Gary all out for as long as he wants to. So uh, good luck to him. That's what I always say. Well, if it works for him, I mean, that goes back to what you were saying. If it you need to strike a balance of what works best for you. 
Exactly. Yeah. So just make sure you're not burned out and you're living a happy life. You know, that's right. That's what it's about. Well, you know, Chris, thank you so much for joining Marketing Nerds. I think we had a really great conversation and um, I look forward to hearing more from you. Hopefully, maybe another book down the line. Yeah, there's probably one more in me. I'm okay. not thinking about it right now. I'm, I'm all about youpreneur.com right now and just focusing in on building that community. And uh, that's kind of my next, man, I've been saying this my next 10 years. So there's a commitment <laughs> for you right there. But yeah, there's probably one more book inside me somewhere. Okay, well, let me know if you need any help with really long subtitles. I think think I've got that one covered on my own, but yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll definitely get back in touch with you if I need help with it. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. Well, this is Chris Ducker and Kelsey Jones for Marketing Nerds. Thank you. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.